All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here, and returning guest Dan. How are you, sir? What's up, buddy? Um, haven't haven't chatted with you since uh, June, and uh, so I'm glad to be back. And you know, football's right around the corner. Let's do it. Yeah, you know, obviously the the last Michigan pod we did wasn't uh, wasn't the most positive. As far as just news reporting that goes back to Bokshan Glickler and all that stuff. But we're here to talk preseason ball, uh, preseason meaning, you know, obviously the season's right on the corner. As you alluded to, Labor Day weekend is, is pretty much here and uh, Michigan football is is back and we're ready to talk about it. Obviously, last year we, we did our we did our preseason talks and the season got canceled and then we did another preseason talk, I believe, if I remember correctly, before the season started. So we've. Man, it's here. I'm ready to talk it. <laughs> let's uh, let's go right into the recap of 2020 for those of you that decided you were going to watch sports in, in, in the COVID year. Probably was for the best, honestly. But Michigan kicks off their season in a big way um, on the road at Minnesota. They were 21st in the country at the time. And Michigan smacks them, 49-24. to 24, And I know... Lots of people, including myself, prisoner of the moment. Um, and I distinctly remember lots of people, including Urban Meyer himself, um, talking highly of Michigan. That Michigan, what they saw that day and what everybody perceived it was a good Minnesota team, that Michigan was going to be a threat that year. But the very next week to a, I think it's fair to say, a pretty bad Michigan State team, they lose. Um, uh, that's at home. Another loss to to little brother. Week three, they uh, they go on the road to number thirteen Indiana, who was playing very good at the time, and they lose twenty one thirty eight. Week four, you know they've they've they're one and two at the time. They have a chance to beat another really good team at home, number thirteen Wisconsin, and they lose big, uh, forty nine to eleven. Week five, we uh, we see Michigan on the road at Rutgers and they fall behind. Joe Milton is pulled for Cade McLamara and Michigan wins the game 48, 42 in three overtimes against Rutgers. It does. It's not often you take three overtimes to beat Rutgers week six, which ended up being the last game of the year for Michigan. They lose at home to Penn state, who was also very bad 17 to 27. Game seven against Maryland at home, games eight at Ohio State, and games nine at Iowa were all canceled due to COVID. Michigan finishes the season two and four, unlike anything we've seen in a very long time. With everything I just told you, give me a quick recap of what you were what you were thinking and what you, obviously before we talk twenty twenty one. Yeah, um, looking back on it now, it seems so to me. It seems so long ago. You know, obviously we've gone through some strange times in the world uh but you know it, the pandemic wasn't just uh exclusive to only michigan every program every team in the country uh is dealing was dealing with this and i mean still is and uh so obviously prep time uh hands-on coaching fall camp was obviously very limited and um so that hurt michigan a lot maybe more than other programs. Uh, I don't think anyone really expected to see this team crumble like they did. Um, 
you know, going into the season, we did our preview with Minnesota, for Minnesota, and you know, I, I, I call, I predicted the game to be a coin flip. This was my coin flip game. I thought it could go either way, and obviously, you know, Michigan took care of Minnesota, and Minnesota, you know, was hyped up to be, you know, ready to to keep moving forward. They won 11 to the previous season, so. The barometer uh, was kind of skewed there after Michigan took them down. And then we go into Michigan State. I was way off on my prediction. I thought uh, we were going to dismantle them in the second half. You know, I I was listening to our old podcast from last year or whatever to get some uh, uh, ideas back. And, you know, I, I – quote myself saying I'm not a least bit scared of Rocky Lombardi and I mean they picked us apart our whole secondary the whole time uh, a lot of ticky tack pass interference calls and uh, so we get we get piped there Indiana you know we we talked about it last year you know uh, statistics show that eventually that uh, gets you back for all the for the streak uh, you know it happens eventually when we talk about that with us in Ohio State, Indiana finally got us. Uh, they pretty much dominated us the whole time. And uh, then following week, like you said, we get dismantled by Wisconsin at home. You know, Michigan finished 0-3 on, at home, 2-1 and on the road. So, obviously, not having a crowd in the stands, you know, did play a huge role. Um, and if it wasn't for Cade McNamara, we lose to Rutgers. I mean, it's 17-0, and Joe Milton – is looking like Devin Gardner out there. We throw Cade McNamara in. They put it uh, within, what, 17-14 at half. And then the ensuing kickoff in the third quarter, Giles Jackson takes one to the house, and boom, we're right back in it. And oh, I think Rutgers missed a field goal in overtime, which basically uh, put a cap on that. And then um, Penn State, uh, we get dismantled on the ground on our defense. Penn State runs it up and down our throat. Uh, Sean Clifford, just field general that game, wasn't asked to do a whole lot, made timely plays, whooped our butts. Um, and then we did a preview for Maryland, and we were kind of nervous about that game because Tua, uh, Tua Tagovola, uh, his brother, is a quarterback there. Um, and then, obviously, the Ohio State game was canceled for the COVID. Uh, uh, most of that was contact tracing. They tried to set up Iowa. That didn't work out. And then, lo and behold, we're sitting at 2-4. and four. And uh, as we'll get into in a second, uh, we had some coaching staff changes that were um, unfortunately needed. <clears throat> yeah, I think ultimately when when I look back at this at this season of 2020, obviously COVID and everything else that's going on in the world, there's there's tons that's overshadowing of football. But for me personally, I've always been super invested in the team, and I try not to miss any games and let alone drives like, and I've always been the type of person that's like, it's 50 to zero and we're winning. I'm still watching. Or if it's 30 to zero and we're losing, I'm still watching just because I I'm invested, you know, but last year I remember there were, uh, there were times where I just was not invested in this team anymore and heartbroken would probably be an accurate stance. Um, only because I guess I thought that I was higher on Joe Milton than maybe some people were. And, uh, I always said that he gave us the highest ceiling of any quarterback on the roster. At least that's what I thought. Holy cow, though. I just I know I can't go through another season like last year, this year. I know that for a fact. 
Um, that's it's just going to test the fandom. And you know, you always say every year that this team is always testing your fandom, and I've kind of always struggled to deal with that. But holy shit, after last year, it was like, man, it's tough. You just especially, uh, it's to the point where it's like there's games that we should just win. Like, there's, I'm sorry, they should be gimme games, and we'll potentially talk a little bit of Ohio State later and we're going to get into a lot of gimme games where they're just you know for a fact you could bet your life savings Ohio State's going to win there isn't a single game on their schedule this year that I'm like Michigan's 100% winning this game how sad is that just it's not the team that I thought we were getting and there's a lot of question marks and obviously we'll talk about those in a minute let's talk a little bit of the coaching changes you want to take this away or you want me to you want me to do this here Go ahead. I'll, I'll follow up with you. Obviously, Don Brown was a good defensive coordinator. His rankings speak for themselves. His schemes speak for themselves. And he had a lot of success at Michigan. And I'm not trying to take that away from him. The one place that he fell short were big games. Um, it just seemed like, first off, Ohio State completely owned him. Outside of 2016, he was that was an outlier season. They owned him, um, and he always got dismantled in the biggest games and the biggest moments, it seemed like, and fans were, were tired and ready for him to go, and they replaced him with Mike McDonald, who, straight out of John Harbaugh's mouth, he was in line to be the defensive coordinator there, and he comes over to Michigan for, uh, for his brother Jim. So uh, a nice, cool signing there. I think that's a big question mark. I think... Uh, I think a lot of people are excited about the potential there, but obviously that's a question mark. What do you think about Mike McDonald, and what did you think about Don Brown, I guess? Well, I'll start with Don Brown. Don Brown, you know, when he got brought into 2016, um, the fandom was pretty happy uh, watching his yeah. film at Boston at Boston College. You know, he was referred by uh, Bill Belichick to Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think you mentioned that uh, last year. Um, yeah. And gradually got worse, um, and not um, – not like drastically, but gradually from 2017, 18, 19, and then the last year, um, just declined. And uh, part of that is people had tape on him. Uh, it seemed like he wasn't really hard to figure out. Uh, Ohio State, you know, matched up well. And, you know, granted, Ohio State has got one of the best talent pools in the country. Um, but you look at especially the 2018 and 19 games, and uh, probably more of the 19 game where the crisscross, drag routes, slant routes, it just didn't look like anything, uh, like no, you know, wasn't uh, scheming, wasn't making adjustments at halftime, and Ohio State just had their way. Um, so I just think that he just wasn't putting our personnel in, in spots to succeed. And I'll touch on that. Uh, I think I read a report that the Patriots who drafted uh, Josh Uche uh, who was under Don Brown his whole time at U of M, uh, you know, they, they mentioned that they just think he wasn't utilized properly at Michigan. So uh, even people at the next level realize that with how Don Brown ran his defenses, he was stuck in just running man-to-man coverage and have all these exotic blitz packages. But once the team sees it so many times, I'm just going to figure it out. And um, with with Mike McDonald here, they're supposed to be running more of a multiple, uh, supposed to be um, more fluid, having guys in spots where they're going to succeed well. 
you know, read camp reports, uh, listen to interviews with Michigan uh, defensive backs, Brad Hawkins, um, I think Christopher Hinton. Uh, these guys are writing and raving about their assistant coaches. I can't remember the second, our secondary coach now in Ann Arbor. I can't, his name's escaping me. I think he came from Baltimore as well. You know, everyone is just super happy uh, and, and gelling really well with these guys. Are you so talking, I, about, talking about Ron Bellamy? Uh, maybe not Ron Bellamy too, but uh, someone else. Maybe it is Ron Bellamy. Maybe it is Ron Bellamy. Um, He's but, the oh, I, coach. Okay. And Either there's, way. There's Steve Klickscal. That, uh, Steve Klinkscal, that's who it is. Yeah. Okay. okay. Right. So those guys are really uh, apparently just vibing really well with the players. So uh, reading camp reports is there's a growing optimism. You know, they're saying that the energy and the culture is changing now. It's unfortunate it took this all this time for Jim Harbaugh program to have a culture change, but they got shell shocked uh, the last few years, and I guess it's just time to revamp it. Mike Hart's back, who I mean, every '90s kid, you know, Mike Hart was the man, and so he was in Indiana. He coached up Jordan Howard. Uh, I mean, look back at the Indiana uh, running backs in the. Uh, 2010s and up for the teens and up you know ever since Mike Hart was there he's he's coached really well running backs uh, so when he's here now uh hopefully that running back carousel settles down a little bit I know we talked about that last year about the just the bipolar uh rotation going on you know Mike Hart did say uh recently that uh it's going to take more than one running back but I think I think he'll have a better understanding on what to do yeah yeah, obviously, Mike Hart coming in is huge. I think that was probably, who knows what the success brings, but I think a lot of fans are just, it's nice to have a familiar name, a Michigan man, if you will, but somebody that we know has had success elsewhere, too, so we're not just bringing in that Michigan guy. It's that, okay, it's proven, it works, it's working against us, let's bring it in, let's make it work here, um, and obviously, he's probably, you know, he's the all-time leading rusher at Michigan. And that's it's nice to have that that kind of guy around. Uh, Josh Gaddis returns, um, obviously bringing that speed and space moniker that's been you know floating around for a couple of years. And I'm not sure that any Michigan fan truly even understands what that is at this point still. But um, I think Josh Gaddis is the is the right guy with the right pieces, and I think that in time could be the case. And I'm excited about what he has to work with this year. And we'll talk about the depth chart here in a little in a little bit, but. Um, what do you think about Josh Gass returning and, and from there? Well, it, it, it sure it was for sure uh, frustrating to watch uh, his first season, but you know you, you got to give these time the guy. Excuse me, you got to give these guys time to implement their system and yeah. uh, coach these guys up. We thought Joe Milton was going to take off and run with it, and yeah. uh, I'm not sure what happened there. Joe Milton is now a Tennessee Volunteer, but that's right, neither here nor there. Um, but Gaddis has is going to have a second full season, not counting last year. And again, we got JJ McCarthy, our five-star coming in. Sounds like he's going to be number two starting out. So I think yeah. it is no excuses. It's time to put these guys uh, in uh, in space and, and and start clicking here. And we showed flashes uh, in 2019, but it wasn't against uh, premier defenses. It was teams that we blew out. So we want to see that against Ohio State. We want to see that against Wisconsin. And um, so, uh, I mean, I, I think we did blow out Wisconsin 2019, but the facts and remains is we need to uh, put a whole season together and not 
uh, struggle one game and then, uh, you know, do better the next. Yeah, Cade McManair obviously getting a little bit of time last year. And, and from what we've seen, obviously, against Rutgers and, and some other later opponents, I think we like him. I think people are rooting for him to be successful. I think people have high hopes. Uh, Jim Harbaugh did name him the starter. JJ, the five-star, is going to be um, riding second string. And then you have Alan Bowman, I believe, from Texas Tech, right? Yeah. Obviously, another transfer. And I think people are, at, at least I am, and I know I've heard it from other people, people hear transfer now at quarterback at Michigan, and they just assume, like, the worst thing possible. Because we really haven't had success outside of Jake Rudock, who I really liked. And I, I, I've said it a million times, we needed one more season with Jake. But – the Shane, the Shea Patterson thing didn't work out, and I mean, there's been, I think there's some other ones that are in there too. But obviously, the transfer portal has has opened up some some opportunities for teams, but also some some negative things as well. Because Michigan, the one thing that Jim Harbaugh was supposed to do, the one thing was he was supposed to be a quarterback guru, a quarterback whisperer, and he hasn't brought in a guy to have continued success. Shea, Shea started two years but even Shea didn't have a ton of success we just haven't seen it let's go ahead and get into the schedule here um and then afterwards we'll talk about the skilled players and 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 go from there but yeah i think uh the more i look at this schedule i think there's a lot of opportunities for wins and there's a lot of scary games in here as well uh let's talk Week one at home, opening up with fans back in the crowd. Um, I will be in attendance. Uh, Western Michigan. I I think it's easy to say that this is a win. Um, I I said it a few minutes ago, and I actually stick to it. I don't think there's any there's any gimme games on this schedule. It's actually the toughest schedule in the country. I think I've heard it's they definitely play the most ranked opponents of anybody in the country. I know that for a fact. Um, but it's one of the tougher schedules. Western Michigan isn't one of those. I'm not trying to make it out to be something more than it's not. Do you think Michigan takes care of business in this first game? Yeah, I don't see. I don't see them struggling. I think they get. I think they breeze by Western. Um, I'm hoping it's something where they get to 28, some 28-7 by half, and then we get to see JJ McCarthy in the second, or about mid third quarter. Um, but I think I think this is a. Uh, I'm gonna say cakewalk, but I, I want to say that they take care of business and we get to see a little bit of everybody in uh, in week one. Yeah, week two not so easy. Um, they're gonna take on Washington, who I believe is ranked. I don't have their ranking in front of me here, but uh, the twenty twenty right now. So they're gonna take on the University of Washington at home at night, eight p.m. on ABC. This game is a maze out. It's going to be big. It is big time. It's probably, gosh, I'm struggling to find a bigger opponent that's come to the big house out of the Big Ten, outside the Big Ten. This is a this is a big one for us. Yeah, it's been, honestly it's been, it's been quite some time since uh, I, I'm, yeah, I mean. An out-of-conference, a Big Ten, or an out-of-conference ranked opponent. I don't know that the last time someone's come to the Big Ten. It's been a minute. I mean, I mean, BYU, BYU might have been ranked in 2015. I mean, you could count okay. in Notre Dame too, those those cowards. But uh, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. At, this is a huge one. Where are you going on this one? I I would love 
to just say Michigan wins, but I think this is one of the three games where I'm, I'm iffy on. I have them winning um, only because it's going to be at home with fans at night, and I would hope is a true maze out. I'm excited for the game. Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be – uh, easy, I think it's gonna be you know easier said than done, but um, I'm taking Michigan uh, with a dub here. Uh, again, it's been a year since we have had uh, fans in the stands, and a lot of these players on both sides um, have never played in front of a crowd before, and I think that obviously will fall into uh, Michigan's uh, favor. Um, you know, Washington's has got a decent rank here in the preseason uh, last year. Um, I th- they think they went three and two overall. They lost their bowl game, whatever. But uh, their starting quarterback, I mean, I think it was a freshman last year, so he's returning. Uh, I think his name is Dylan Morris. I think he threw for like almost 900 yards in, in four games. So, um, I mean, it's not going to be where he like, doesn't have experience. So, um, yeah. I think it's, gonna be, it's a well-coached football team. Washington is usually, you know, has got the has got a wide receiver too and a good defense. So I'm mean, gonna see. I don't think like I said it's gonna be pretty close. Yeah, I don't think Washington's a, a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. I just I like Michigan in the matchup as far as being at home at night in a maze out. I think yeah. I think the crowd's gonna be worth seven that night. Um it'll be interesting to see I mean you just mentioned a second ago twenty eight seven against Western and going into the second half where, you know, there's maybe a pull away. If that's true, if they're able to take care of Western, then I'll feel pretty good. If they're struggling against Western, then I'm like, okay, we, you know, back to 2020 again, but hopefully things are turned around and, and we're able to show um, some, some toughness going into that game. And uh, so as of right now, we have Michigan going at two and zero going into game three home against Northern Illinois, who seems to be, one of the more better Mac teams year in and year out. But I think this is just too much of a challenge for them. And I think Michigan can, can keep it rolling. I think it's not crazy to think that they're going to be three and all after three weeks. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, Michigan cruises through this one. Um, I, I think let's see, it looks like Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois didn't win a single Mac game last year. So uh, I don't see why Michigan can't win this. Yeah. I think obviously Northern Illinois in the past has been uh, successful, but obviously right now, not really the tip top of the program going into week four though, a game we struggled with last year, who knows um, Greg Schiano still at Rutgers and, and seems to have that team playing with a little bit more toughness than what they're used to playing with um, at home though, against Rutgers. I, I like Michigan. I don't think it's crazy to think that they can beat Rutgers, and I, I think Michigan can be 4-0 after four weeks. What do you think? That's very doable. I think Michigan, you know, obviously we went to triple overtime last year with Rutgers, but I think uh, we take care of business there as well. And, you know, um, I think with our new coaching staff, we'll get the secondary figured out. Some people are still nervous about it. I think it could be uh, much improved. So uh, 4-0, very doable. I think the secondary will be improved, and we'll talk about that a little bit later with the depth chart um, about who's returning and who's playing back there. But this is where the this is where things get tough. Week five is the first road game, and it's a big one. It's at Wisconsin, uh, a place that we, 
I don't have the the statistics right in front of me, but we we've only won like twice in the last twenty years. I mean, don't traditionally play well at Wisconsin. The realistic in me has this as a loss. Um, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to be five and zero, but uh, it's just we don't have success there in the past, and I I'm not super high on Michigan. I'm trying to stay level headed. I have this as a loss. What do you think? Yeah, uh, same here. Um... Unless unless Michigan uh, in these games prior show me that their defensive line um, can can run stuff, then I'll be more confident. But as of right now, I think Wisconsin uh, again until until otherwise, I think Wisconsin uh, could beat us like they did last year. Honestly, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, I hope to God it's not a thirty-plus point loss, but. I don't think that we're at their level right now. I think that they've been, I think they've been pretty clear cut the second, second or third best team in the big 10 now for a couple of years. And um, I don't know what Michigan's done to change that. And I guess we'll see Uh, week six. And this one is where things start to get a little tricky because I think we're better than Nebraska, but I don't like the fact that it's a road game. And I don't like that. It's right after Wisconsin because I could see Michigan slipping up being discouraged after losing their first game of the year, you go back on the road. I'm being nice, but I'm giving this to Michigan. I don't. I, I wouldn't be remotely shocked to see him lose this one. Right, I'm right there with you, and I, I feel like this is gonna because you know Scott Frost um, was brought hey, in to to to, re, to revitalize this, and yeah. obviously it's not going so well. I mean they've had their ups and downs, but mostly downs, and. Yeah. Part of me feels like this is going to be a game where, like, Nebraska has a, a bad previous week and then rebounds on us because we're Michigan, you know? I just yeah. – that's just me yeah. being the pessimistic person that I am. And, you know, I just got a, a cloudy feeling about uh, October 9th. Yeah, and I don't have the – I don't have the, the stat in front of me here, too, but I know it has been a long time since we've played at Nebraska. It's been several years. So Dude. it is – and was it was it when Denar got hurt in 2012? It it seriously may have been. I know it's been a long time. Cause that so game, I remember, I was uh, yeah, I was in Cleveland for my cousin's wedding, and so I'm on the way home on the turnpike, and uh, I got the game on the radio, and Denar goes down with an injury, and then Russell Bellamy goes in there, and that dude looked like he was deer in the headlights, and oh, so uh, Nebraska was was very beatable, but because we lost our best player, we, uh, we lost it. So I think 2012 might have be, might be, yeah. I, th- I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that's my feeling there. Yeah. I don't have it exactly in front of me, but I know it has been a long time and it's just a, it's a rare occurrence that we actually play there. Uh, let's see here though. I think we both have it as a trap game. It's a win as of now, but wouldn't be shocked to see it as a loss. Week seven potentially coming off two in a row of losses. Um, but as of right now, we have them sitting at five and one against Northwestern at home. Northwestern has been, I'm going to say it, they've been better than Michigan over the last three or four years. They've played in bigger games. I know that for a fact. Um, I mean, didn't they play in the Big Ten Championship last season? At two out of the last three, at least last year. Because Ohio State wasn't in it. Right, I, I, in the 10 they were, they, 
Yeah. You know, the, you know Ohio State beat. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah. wasn't it? Like, I two feel years like. Ago? Yeah, I feel like they played in it again a couple of years ago. I feel yeah. like they played a few times over the last couple of years. Maybe I'm wrong, but they at least I played it last year. Yeah, they. Sorry, they lost to uh, Ohio State. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think. Again, I would love to give this a win, and I'm going to, but I'm. I wouldn't be shocked to see Northwestern pull off the upset. They're here. They're the most mentally tough football team in the conference, I think, ultimately. And you could say Ohio State, and they're just they're super talented, so it's hard to put a true gauge on it. Northwestern yeah. is talented. They are a mentally tough football team. Um, it's playing Yeah, they're just they're so they're so well coached, and obviously they don't have the talent to speak for. Otherwise, they might be way more successful. Um, I have Michigan beating Northwestern, but I'm not confident in it. Yeah, I uh, I got Michigan in this game. Um, the thing is, is about North Northwestern is if you look at Michigan Northwestern games over you know probably since the Brady Hoke era, you know some of these games and stupid scores. I mean, it took. Uh, I mean, was it 2014? It uh, on the road in Evanston. It took Brady Hoke, you know, five seconds to mass platoon swap the field goal unit out there to boot a yeah. uh, field goal with one second left to win it you know and it was like nine three or something like that uh so these games are crazy weird sometimes and it's either a blowout in michigan's favor or as of late <laughs> neck and neck uh, just gritty performance and you look at the northwestern's last five games with last season i mean they beat auburn you know they were 12 points away from beating Ohio State. You know, they beat Illinois, which Illinois, over, you know, 2019, 2020, Illinois was mildly good. Uh, and then they lose to Michigan State, but they beat Wisconsin in November. So, like, and Wisconsin absolutely murdered us. So, I mean, college football is extremely hard to predict, but, I mean, Northwestern, they're going to get, they're going to give you their best effort for sure. Yeah. Well, it just, man, week after week, I feel like there's there's a test, and in week nine, I'm sorry, eight is no different. Um, at Michigan State, now say what you want about Jim Harbaugh, he, he he can't beat Ohio State and he can't beat Michigan State, but the one thing he can do is beat Michigan State on the road. <laughs> he's, he's actually undefeated. He is is he has beat Michigan State on the road every single time, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Both times have been pretty convincing um, yeah. fashion. I mean, he's he's done it pretty well. Uh, the last time we were there, uh, Devin Bush and company, I believe, were were on the went on the the field and we were tearing up their turf. That's yeah. not going to happen this time. But uh, I, I like Michigan to come away with a win here. I think we are clear cut better. We were clear cut better last year. Um, I heard a number. 47 different transfers for Michigan State. It's a lot. I can't imagine their team chemistry is going to be very good this year. Um, I hope to God Michigan can pull something together and Mel Tucker is not the second coming of Jim Trestle, who just never loses to to Michigan. I, I, I have Michigan winning. It's a tough one. could see it going either way, but I'll pick Michigan here. Yeah, um, you know, Judging the schedule uh, firsthand, like you feel like seven to five, eight and four, but with this Michigan State game, 
Now, this is part of the schedule that Jim Marbaugh has really struggled with since he's been here. And with Michigan State, obviously, he's, he's taking care of business uh, on their on their turf every time. And, yeah. and again, last year, I completely under, under, underestimated Michigan State. I granted, no one thought our secondary was as bad as it was, like I alluded to earlier. But uh, yeah. with I think I don't think they got Rocky Lombardi anymore. I think they're going to be uh, uh, pretty much a whole new offense. They might have a couple uh, receivers left over. I'm not sure, uh, but you know, Jim Harbaugh needs this W uh, almost as bad as uh, Ohio State win because you just you're already playing behind the eight ball with Ohio State. You lost to Indiana badly last year. You need to have as much traction as possible, and if they do slip up against Wisconsin, if they do slip up against Nebraska and they get barely by Northwestern, this is going to be a um, a true test. And obviously last year, and maybe even a couple of years beforehand, you know, Michigan has, they, they, they fall for the snowball effect. When one thing goes wrong, then it's just one thing after another. And especially last season, you know, once they got beat on the, on the passer, ah, excuse me, I can't speak. Pass interference call last year. It just it was one after another, and then they just they lost the game. So I give a slight edge to U of M because now my belief is we're going to improve. Your unknown question at quarterback at Michigan State. We'll see. Yeah, I think that this is a. If you lose to Michigan State this time, it's a fired game. I I don't care. I mean that's just where it's at. Like you can't lose to this. This team is bad. Last year, they caught you off guard. You weren't as good as you thought you were. I mean, there's a lot of excuses to be made. You, you can't lose this time. This is a bad football team. I think we'll see that this year. I don't think they'll be very competitive. Um, it's very much a build that program from the ground up, and let's not let them build on us. So, Week 9, home against Indiana. Obviously, this was we just talked about this was a loss last year. Indiana was very good last year. They, they put up a hell of a fight. Um, I think they return a couple of pieces and they'll probably be pretty good again, but I don't think they'll be as good as they were. I think they think they start the season ranked. Um, I don't have 17. it. 17. Okay. Yep, yep. Boy, oh boy, this is, this is tough. I, uh, I can't imagine they go back to back on us. And I do have Michigan penciled in for another loss, but I don't have it being this game. I, I think Michigan will somehow, some way get a job done. Yeah, um, I think this might be Indiana's best preseason ranking ever. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think they—I mean, they do. I think they do return uh, Penix Jr. their quarterback. Yeah, um, and a lot of people were talking to him about being a Heisman dark horse last year. Um, and I think if if Fry Fogle comes back, their, their star wide receiver. I mean. When Michigan lost these guys last year, I think three of their receivers all were over 100 yards. So uh, it's going to be a tough task. Um, and obviously, you know, whether you look at some scores in recent memory, Tom Allen gets these guys fired up, and it's almost like they're mini Ohio State with Michigan. They're they're just going to play it down to the wire. Um, man, it's hard. I'm going to have the pencil win here, but not very confident. Um, yeah. I, again, I'm giving the slight home edge here just because of the crowd being back. But if this was 2020, no crowd, I might I might be uh, more inclined just to to roll with IU. 
Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of question marks with this team, and I don't love these predictions. I truly don't. I'm not trying to sound homerish. I just think that sometimes that Michigan can be better than what they are, and I, we'll see if that stands true. And I, I would hope that talking about these coaching changes that we already kind of touched on, they're enough to to sway the boat a little bit enough to uh, pick up a W. Week ten at Penn State. This is the one thing we have not been able to do. We haven't been able to win at Penn State under Jim Harbaugh. Um, and Penn State hasn't been able to beat Michigan at home except for last year. It kind of has been a whoever's home has gotten the has gotten the win here. But after Penn State took us last year, I don't know how much they'll be improved. I'd like to say Michigan can pick up another victory. I, I can't imagine that at that point in the season with Ohio State looming and a very tough Maryland team, which I'm, we'll see, but I, I think their quarterback situation is still what it was last year, and they can be a threat to anybody offensively. I, I, and I think Maryland's a team on the rise, too, obviously, what they're trying to build out there. I think Michigan returns the favor and beats Penn State. Um, you sound confident. I I'm not confident. I'm not confident. Okay. okay. I, I the only games I'm I would like I would say for sure I think Michigan picks picks up is Western, Northern, and Rutgers. That is literally it. I think okay. every single game Michigan is going to be fighting tooth and nail to get a W. Okay. I think you know you know preseason Penn State's 19. Uh, so again, it's one of those teams under one of those games on Michigan schedule that uh, that Michigan can boast a a strong schedule. Yeah, but um, why? Why are they 19th? They Penn State was terrible last year. Yeah. Michigan was terrible last year. We're not ranked. Why? Why are they ranked? What? What do they know that I don't know? Uh, they. I don't. Dude, I tell you, it's. They, we'll see. I'm not super high on Penn State. Right. So we'll see. I guess. They dropped what one, two, three, four, five in a row before they took us out, and then they won. They won four in a row, so they started cold and they ended they? hot. Yeah. Okay. So they so after they beat us, they got by Rutgers, Michigan State, and then Illinois. So Oh wow, four you, terrible teams, including Michigan. Right. So say what you will. Um you know, Sean Clifford's one of those guys that beat us with timely throws last year. Yeah. You know, Pappy Valley, I mean, that's a duck trap with fans too. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with them being ring nineteen, you know, I, I let's I'm gonna give me one second. So if I look at Penn State's schedule, I know we're focused on Michigan, but you know yeah. they Penn look State doesn't time. have That's Penn fine. State doesn't have an easy schedule either. So either this could be actually a really hyped up primetime game where the both teams are ranked, or they both beat the hell out of each other and, and, and it's close. I think that Penn State takes this game. I think Michigan's close. I think it's going to be kind of like 2019 where Shea Patterson. You know, has to uh, find the grit. The one time I really give Shea Patterson respect is coming back, you know, and right the drop in the past. Probably his best but, game ever. Right. So I think I'm going to give Penn State the W here. And um, I kind of freaking hate, I hate Penn State. I hate giving them, giving them the dub here. But yeah, it's, I mean, according to ESPN's power index, yeah. you know, you're picked 69.8% chance to win this. So I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, you, you've given Michigan two losses now. I've given them one. Here's where I give them their second. I wonder if what you think. I what is Maryland ranked? Does it say? They're uh, not ranked. They're not ranked. Watch out for Maryland. I'm I'm very high on Maryland. I think what they were able to do last year and what they're building out there, having a former Alabama guy at the helm, they have uh, to his brother playing quarterback who had a couple of bomb games last year. Um, I think Michigan gets caught looking ahead to Ohio State and loses on the road at Maryland. Yeah, I think this is one where they could uh, trip up easily. Um, it, I, the Big Ten is going to be – for on paper preseason, Big Ten is going to be on paper, you know, pretty decent. They, you know, Maryland's got a a pretty uh, hard schedule in the beginning of the Big Ten season. They got to play at Ohio State and versus Iowa, Iowa before that, but at least it's at home. So they'll stretch of games before up to Michigan. We'll find out exactly who Maryland is. So we'll find out whether we're more confident or obviously more afraid, but. Uh, as of it stands right now, I think this could be a toss-up. I'll give the slight nod to Maryland just because they um, they're returning a lot of players. I think Maryland, I think Maryland's going to take this. I think it's two in a row here on the L side. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the Michigan State, Indiana, Penn State, Maryland. Oh gosh, this this whole thing's a freaking gauntlet, but. Um, as I've picked Michigan a couple of different times to edge people out, I think they do drop either Penn State or Maryland. I, for some reason, I like him to get Penn State back. Um, I'll be more confident as that confident or less confident as that game draws closer and I get to see what comes out in the field. Um, but I, I do have them losing one of those games heading into Ohio State. And if it's not Maryland, I think it's Penn State. If it's not Penn State, it's Maryland. Uh, but I guess time will tell. Week 12, home against Ohio State. It's Ohio State Buckeyes, 12 noon, Fox. Um, I want to read something real quick. I want you to elaborate on what I read and then give your game prediction. You ready? Yep. Harbaugh, when asked about beating Ohio State and Michigan State, for that fact. That's what we're trying to do. And we're going to do it, or we're going to die trying. Um, it's been talked about many times this year by different coaches, by different players, that there is more than ever an emphasis on beating Ohio State. Every single day is targeted not towards the next opponent, but by beating Ohio State. That's new. We haven't really heard that before. Um, we know that is what Ohio State does. They have a ticking time clock that ticks down to the kickoff of Michigan. Um, they don't treat this rivalry like it's a cakewalk, even though it has been. And for that, that's super respectable. Um, I do believe that that's what Harbaugh wants. But I also look at Harbaugh with a 49-22 and 22 record of being the head coach of Michigan. It's really hard to understand where, in, where, where he's going to win games and where he's going to lose games. I think it's just it's always a toss-up. He's basically a two-to-one coach at this point. What is... Uh, What's your prediction against Ohio State at home then the year? Uh, I think it's going to look a lot like um, – I think it's going to look a lot like 2018. Um, 2018 was the game – is pretty much, you know, was the revenge tour for Michigan, and Ohio State kind of had a rough go versus Maryland that year. They almost lost, and I think Michigan won in there. 
with uh, their heads a little too high and thought they were going to weather the storm against Ohio State because they were kind of uh, a little hungover. And uh, Ohio State took them to Pound Town. I think um, something similar might happen like that if certain cards fall a certain way. Obviously, if Michigan uh, has a rebounding type of season and if Ohio State kind of uh, uh, just plays enough to win because they have a lot of uh, new faces. Um, so, I, I mean, the score is probably going to be pretty lopsided, but I just, you know, a lot's got to happen. A lot's got to happen. Um, but right now, my heart's been broken so many times, it's, it's kind of safe to believe it. Yeah, the one thing that uh, I'll say, and this goes into the start of 2018, I believe. So Urban Meyer had left and, and Ryan Day comes in and, right? Am I right on that? Or he came in well, at 19. I think Ryan Day came in. Um... Urban's, Urban's last year, okay? Yeah. And Dwayne Haskins was there. So going into 19... You get a brand new quarterback and you get a brand new coach. And I, for one, was one of those people that's like, you can't just assume Ohio State's going to be amazing again. And they ended up being amazing. They ended up being great. But again, they lose a very good quarterback. Justin Fields is no joke. He's in the NFL. He was a top 10-ish pick. Um, They lose their leading rusher, who had a fantastic last several games including his college football playoff run, Trey Sermon. I don't know what we know about this team. All I know is that they have a ton of wide receiver um, talent, tons, um, high recruitments. Obviously, they have Garrett Wilson returning and um, Olave returning, and those two receivers speak for themselves. And obviously, they have some other five-star wide receivers coming in the room. Their quarterback situation, I believe, is still up in the air. I don't think they've given it to anybody yet, to my knowledge. But regardless, we haven't really seen too much of those people because Justin Fields deserved to be on the field for every waking second he was there at Ohio State. So I'm not uh, – I don't want to just assume Ohio State's going to be amazing again, but they probably will be. But regardless, I think they're better than us. And until I see some games played, I can't even – realistically pick Michigan to win. I just have to assume that Ohio State's going to win. Right. So that's where I'm at today. I reserve the right to change it as the game gets closer. I don't see that changing, but I reserve the right. Um, obviously, it, it pains me to even pick that game right now. And what do you think? Of, let's talk a little bit about what Jim Harbaugh said. What do you think about the emphasis on beating Ohio State? What do you think about his comments about we're going to do it or we're going to die trying? What's your what's your opinions on that? I like it, and you know, yeah. some people some people are like, you know, um, it's too late. Yeah, or or just you're like, oh, they're oh, they're just gonna focus on 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 Ohio State, and I think it's more just a mentality thing because Ohio State is has now set the bar of excellence, especially in our conference, of just mm-hmm. being what it takes to be a, a premier program. So. I take it as, you know, they're going to wake up and they're going to brush their teeth. They're going to put on their pants. They're going to put on their clothes. And they're just going to mentally just try to um, just tackle everything like, you know, like they're playing Ohio State and everything they do. And so I'm I'm all for it. You know, 
again, it sucks. I looked at it earlier. It sucks that it took this long for these type of uh, environmental changes to happen. And, you know, Mike Hart is 0-4 against Ohio State. He wants to be – he still wants to take those guys down. And yeah. so, you know, Jim Harbaugh, if you notice, I mean, he lost weight. He uh, he, he started to gain weight as he was, uh, was uh, in Ann Arbor and then – this offseason, you know, he he's more uh, kind of more jovial. He's, he, he looks like Jim Harbaugh is starting to be a little uh, revitalized, you know, and that's part of the beat writers saying that, you know, the atmosphere, the culture is being more positive. It's more uplift. You know, people are, are more confident. I just think that, you know, Michigan could shock people um, or we could just be kind of our old self, but I think that um, I think it's good to hear him say that, you know, now just, I mean, he, when he says, or oh, we're going to die trying to me, that also sounds like, you know, man, this, this isn't his last hoorah, but he, he, he's going to, I don't know, just go that extra mile. You know what I'm saying? Like just, yeah. just have to dig deep. He's going to have to dig deep and it's going to take everything. Now, if they, if he, if, if the season's a total loss and they do lose again, uh, that might be the crushing blow. I'm not 100% sure. Last year we were talking coaching changes in, our, in one of our last episodes of yeah. you know, Jim Harbaugh was already at, on the rumor mill again. Um, I mean, this man, <laughs> good luck, buddy. Yeah, just like I noted a minute ago about not wanting to just crown Ohio State when they have all the question marks. I don't want to do the same thing for Michigan. Obviously, Michigan is has no respect they have no credibility built up to to give us the the idea that they're going to be an elite program because as of right now they're not so why would we assume they are i i'm still iffy about the quarterback play to be honest I, i'm not so sold that Cade mcnamara is just some great quarterback um he played well against Rutgers. i mean there's a lot of players that have played great against Rutgers in their day mm-hmm. so i'm not so sold i think time will tell um, let's run through Ohio State quick. Um, I think it will be quick, so we'll, we'll start here. Um, they kick off the season on a Thursday night, September 2nd, at Minnesota, 8 o'clock on Fox. I think they walk right through this game. I think uh, we'll find out how, how – not how good they are, but you'll get to know some players right away because people will be scoring. What do you think here? Yeah, I mean – it might be it might be a battle in the beginning. I think so, just because um, Minnesota's got the night game at home. You know, I think it might be a close first quarter, but Ohio State will pull away. And we have literally nothing but assumptions right now because of the new faces. But I mean, Ohio State has reloaded. They've never had to rebuild in a very long time. So until yeah. you see other until until otherwise, uh, this is a dub. Week two is a really big one, though. Saturday, um, September 11th. Now, mind you, they're going to get some additional um, rest. Obviously, playing on a Thursday, they're going to get that Friday and that Saturday as additional days to prepare. But they're going to play Oregon September 11th at home at noon. This is a monster game. I don't care who you watch, who you root for. This is a mammoth of a game. Oregon has the potential to be in the top 10 by that point. Not even sure who they play week one, but... Um, Ohio State, Oregon, where are you leaning? Uh, taking Ohio State, <laughs> taking the Buckeyes. 
Yeah, obviously we don't know what to expect from Ohio State, Oregon, losing uh, Justin Herbert last year. I don't even know who stepped in for them, but they were a solid team. Um, I think Ohio State is just too much. And again, I'm assuming here because I don't know a ton, but we'll see. And then being at home, I think it's going to be enough. Interesting that it's a noon kickoff, though. I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. I think that this the noon kickoff is a distinct advantage for a West team coming to the East Coast. Watch out for the jet lag. Watch out for that to be a blowout. I'm shocked it's not at night or at least a 3.30 game. It's, it is weird to me. Uh, September 18th, though, they play Tulsa at home. I have them easily crushing through Tulsa. What do you think? Um, September 25th, home against Akron. Um, I don't think this one... Sometimes they play these in like random stadiums like Cleveland or something, but regardless, it doesn't matter. They're going to beat Akron. October 2nd at Rutgers. Um, While Rutgers and Greg Schiano kind of know about Ohio State, it's not going to be even remotely enough. The talent's way too big. Ohio State rolls. Same. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for this one. And again, I'm I'm high on Maryland, so we'll see if if I end up being right. October 9th is a homecoming game. They're at home against Maryland. Last year, they had to cancel the Maryland game. Do you guys remember that was a game that I was kind of saying like, Oh, wave would just hold on. Let's see how this game plays out. Um, I'm excited to see what Maryland is. If I'm right. Um, I think this is going to be a great game regardless. I think Ohio state is too much for Maryland, but watch out. Right. I, I mean, I, I mean, again, just kind of like the, it's uh, kind of like the, uh, the mini game. I think it'll be a close, maybe first, maybe uh, two quarters against Maryland. Uh, Ohio State uh, was kind of vulnerable in the back end last year, and uh, Tagovola has got a decent arm. I think that yeah. you might you might see them go over top on Ohio State maybe once, twice. Uh, you know, maybe that maybe to Ohio State fans or you're laughing at me, but I think that Maryland could probably get a couple scores on them, make it look like it's interesting, but. Ohio State takes a dub. Yeah. Uh, they're going to get a week off to prepare for what we assume is a pretty good Indiana team. October 23rd on the road at Bloom, um, Bloomington, Indiana. What do you think here? It's a big game for Ohio State. Man, uh, this is going to be uh, if Ohio State is undefeated, like we've just uh, uh, predicted so far. Um this could be, depending on what Indiana looks like, this could be one of their probably their biggest games in program history. Um, I think Ohio State is probably going to win this game, but on the road, uh, time to be determined. Still, I think yeah. Indiana just, I think Indiana just like Maryland. I think Indiana is going to put up numbers, and there's going to be right there again. Penix Jr. is back. Um, I think this is going to be somewhat of an entertaining game. I mean. Look at the 2012 Indiana-Ohio State game. The year they went undefeated, Indiana, I think, literally took them down to the last second on the clock. So, who knows? Yeah. Big game, I think, State wins it. But, holy cow, as you just alluded to, if Indiana is, a, is ranked and maybe they have a loss or zero losses, watch out. That could be a huge game. Then they're home against Penn State. Obviously, those uh, those two teams usually play each other at night, so I would anticipate this being a night game, especially with the to-be-determined uh, time frame here. Regardless, I think Ohio State is able to beat Penn State. Yeah, I think 
think Ohio State's defensive line is going to be enough to make Penn State one-dimensional. And, um, again, I, I tip my cap to Sean Clifford for at least beating us, but I think it's just too much of a task to go into Columbus and win. Yeah. Uh, November 6th, they're at Nebraska. Again, I'm not, I'm not so sure about what Nebraska is this year, and I know that they could potentially present – an upset for Michigan, but I don't think they have the same power for Ohio State. I think Ohio State beats Nebraska on the road. Same. Uh, Michigan State comes to town. Michigan, uh, Ohio State will host them. I'm sorry, I skipped a game. My apologies. Purdue. Yes, November 13th. It's, a, it's all right. It's going to be a dub. Jeff, yes. keep going. Purdue's <laughs> going to be at Ohio State. It's going to be a dub. They're rolling. <laughs> November 20th, Michigan State rolls into Ohio State. It ain't going to matter. I, again, I'm very down on Michigan State this year. I don't think they're going to be much special. They're definitely in pro- program-building mode. Um, Ohio State rules. Correct. On the road at Michigan, we just talked about this game a second ago. I, I just, As of right now, it's hard for me to predict otherwise. I think Ohio State goes undefeated and is heading to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. Yes, and again, if we, as we just ran through the whole schedule – you feel like they're going to be running the table here, but again, you got that that Indiana game to me, that Oregon game to me, where those are probably going to be their tougher tests, at least preseason, what we're looking at right now, in my opinion. Um, so one loss, highly probably unlikely, but we're looking at probably a undefeated Buckeye uh, team. Yeah. We'll bounce back here to to Michigan now that we've talked a little bit of what, what Ohio State's schedule looks like. Um, we're, we're, we're in now, we're here, but I still want to talk a little bit about the depth chart. Oh, Cade McNamara out, uh, outshines J.J. McCarthy, the five-star. He's projected to start. Where are you at on Cade? Do you think he presents the team? Um, he, presents, he presents a challenge to other teams. What do you think on Cade? I like Cade. Um, again, gave us a spark to win a game we easily could have lost last year. Dude's a gamer. He's got the team's trust. Um, you know, he was in the locker room after, the, I think, the Rutgers game it was, whatever, and he gave a, a post-game speech and, you know, love the kid to death. It's kind of corny, but people rally around that type of deal. And, you know, uh, I think he's the right decision. I think the only reason why J.J. McCarthy was not selected because of game experience again. So if we see a, a 28 or 30-point halftime lead against Western, you're probably going to see uh, maybe even Bowman in there at the end of the game. And Bowman, uh, kind of like John O'Corn, he's proved himself outside the conference. You know, Bowman's from Texas Tech. He's got stats to prove his experience. You know, so did John O'Corn. John O'Corn couldn't hit water or fell out of a boat. So, uh, I'm I'm all for the McNamara show, and you know if he shows out against you know Washington, uh, the hype will probably be real. Yeah, running game last year, both of us agreed. There's one thing we we wished we'd seen, and that's more of Hassan Haskins, um, more of a lead back role. He is supposed to be the lead back this year. This year with obviously Blake Corum getting mixed in, and then the five star Donovan Edwards. Where you at on the running backs? Where you at on Haskins? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, like, like yeah, definitely. We were both frustrated uh, last year. Yeah. Um, like I alluded to earlier, Mike Hart says it's going to take more than one guy. So you, I, mean, I don't know what that is. You know, if you look at Mike Hart, you know, again, this is assuming Mike Hart actually has 
full control of who he's throwing out there, which I, you know, think he would. Um, he's always kind of had a one-two punch in Indiana. Um, I, Jordan Howard and the other, I can't, I'm going to have the other, uh, Tevin Coleman, that's who it was. Tevin Coleman, Jordan Howard were a fantastic duo in Bloomington. Um, both in the NFL so, still today. Both of them in the NFL. So, I mean, say what you will about Jordan Howard. Dude had a, a, a nice run with uh, uh, his first Chicago. couple of years in the yeah. So probably going to see Hassan Haskins probably manning majority of the carries, but they're they're high on Blake Corum, and so you might you might see a one-two punch there. Uh, you got Diamond Edwards, who's a five-star freshman. So yeah. they have they are deep at running back still, even with uh, you know, attrition happening and and uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm excited to see them, and I feel like this is going to be kind of a deal where we had Mike Hart, Kevin Grady, and then we had uh, Brandon Miner in the wings in third string. I think this is going to kind of look like a little bit like that. Yeah, I'm excited about the the wide receiver room. I think this is a a really good room. Um, Ultimately, the one thing I really like is there's no like, obviously, Ronnie Bell is the name variety because he's popped off the last two years, but there's no like standout number one guy. I think we have a, a ton of just good, good wide receivers. Uh, obviously, Ronnie Bell and Cornelius Johnson are uh, two of the bigger ones that are going to come into play. But I, I really excited about A.J. Henning. Where are you at on the wide receiver room? Um. It seems like Ronnie, first of all, it seems like Ronnie Bell's been here since uh, Obama administration. Um, yeah. But they got, again, we got we got offense uh, on paper for days. We got a lot of names out there. Ronnie Bell, obviously, is going to be the senior holding it down. Uh, he's probably the most reliable on here. Um, yeah. A.J. Henning, A.J. Henning, like you mentioned, I mean, he's been getting talk in camp. Uh, Cornelius Johnson, obviously, we were really liking his flashes last year. Hopefully, he takes... That deep threat role, uh, if we get a deep threat role, it's been since, I think, I mean, I say, I mean, we did have DPJ and Nick and Nico, but hopefully he can pick up where they left off. And I kind of like Roman Wilson still. So uh, they have the people in place. Yeah, the one, the one um, we both gave basically a, uh, a player that we were just, un, you know, unfortunately didn't hold up to their end of the bargain last year, just kind of had a bad year and, and we didn't want to just pick on the kid, but Eric all was that guy. Um, Harbaugh obviously loved him and saw big things in him. He's supposed to be the starting tight end this year. They're also really high on Luke Shoemaker. Well, what do you think of Eric all? What do you think of the tight end room in general? Um, uh, I feel good about it. I, I, you know, Eric all Eric all can't drop every pass, right? He's got to right. catch. He, he he struggled last year in the beginning of the season, but you, you notice that he was getting targeted more at the end of the year. And yeah. despite being blown out of the gym, they were still tar- you know still hitting him with the passes, and he he started to look more confident out there. And you know we had uh, talks from practice of that you know he looked like the best tight end in, in program history, which was kind of yeah. a bizarre thing to hear, but. Uh, yeah. You also been hearing Schoonmaker, Schoonmaker uh, being uh, talked about as well. Um, you got to kind of take, even with the pros, you got to kind of take, you know, camp talk with a little grain of salt. I mean, it doesn't matter until you get pads on you on Saturday or Sunday. Um, so could be ugly or it could be 
uh, improvement, but I'm off. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be improved. Yeah. So something that, uh, I think is a massive question mark coming into this year and it should be seeing as they've put, I believe one of each position on the offensive line into the NFL over the last several years. Um, uh, you know, the offensive line is a question mark. Ryan Hayes, Zach Zinter are two of the uh, two of the names coming in. Where, where are you where are you at on the offensive line? I personally am. Uh, it's my biggest question mark for the season. Yeah, they were. Michigan was kind of hot and cold last year. You watched the games and. Uh, you know, they they showed times where they were opening up huge holes and then other times they were just being overwhelmed and. um so they got a lot of work on. They got pretty much everyone coming back. So they got experience. Um, um, Sharon Moore, who was the, uh, I think he's the tight ends coach for the uh, 2018 to 2020, is now the offensive line. Uh, and looking at his bio, I don't think he's ever coached offensive line. <laughs> so hopefully, yeah. hopefully this is an upgrade for us. But the the offensive line is all coming back, so uh, it could be worse. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a, a position that I feel pretty good about just because of the name variety and the veteran leadership here. You got no uh, defensive tackle Donovan Jeter returning, um, Aiden Hutchinson on the edge. I think there's some things to like here. Where are you at on the defensive line? Defensive line, uh, I was kind of harsh on them last year because we had a lot of seniors on the D-line. And fair. Uh, they, to me, were very underperforming. Like last year, Carlo Kemp, Donovan Jeter, you know, I think um, Donovan Jeter is back. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm mistaken, hold on a second. Yeah, um, Don, yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah, Donovan Jeter is back. Yeah. I want I want to see Donovan Jeter take the next leap. Uh, but I am happy though. Uh, we got Aiden Hutchinson back. He was kind of banged up last year, and yep. um, Christopher Hinton. So we got we got the st- we got the four and five star, whatever, ratings. And now it's time to do it on the field. Um, and then I think one person that's getting the talk too is Mate um, Ma Mozzie Smith. So between those four guys, I want. I want we got to get pressure on the quarterback. Got to get it on consistently, and you know, up the gut. I think has been kind of our problem, and so the nose tackles uh, got to do their thing. Yeah, another. Uh, I talked about the offensive line a minute ago as a big question mark. This is another position group that I have a big question on, mark on, um, but it's headlined by Josh Ross, who I know you talked about Ronnie Bell being on the team forever. I feel like Josh Ross has literally been on the team forever. Um, where are you at on the linebackers? I don't think there's a ton of depth there. And if there is, it's guys that just really haven't balled out and, and need to prove themselves. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with the linebackers and the D line. I think I'm about the same way. You got guys who got, when you look at them right now, you got good names have been in the system for a few years. Now it's time to, uh, just time to show up, you know, uh, you know, so Ross, um, Barrett is another one. He's a senior, and, you know, Michael Barrett last year uh, was relied on a lot. Anthony Solomon's going to be a junior. So they got guys here uh, right at that point in their stage of the career where they're supposed to be uh, getting that highlight film for the NFL ready. So probably the same thing with the D-line, man. Just got to put it together and uh, be one cohesive unit. 
the secondary was probably the weakest part of the team last year, as we talked about after Michigan State exposed them with the Tiki Tech fouls and, and just continuously trying their their outside corner coverage. Um, Indiana ended up having a huge passing day against them, and they're not even a passing team. And then Wisconsin ended up doing the same thing. It became a repeated pattern. Uh, this year, they returned Vincent Gray, who unfortunately didn't really have a great start of the season, ended up doing okay. They returned their, their, their I think he's a five-star safety, Daxton Hill, who yep. we all believe he has big things coming to him. Uh, Brad Hawkins returns as a strong safety role. And there, I think there's probably a void in that second cornerback spot. I think there's potentially up for grabs. But where are you at on the secondary? I think there's, there's I think this is is a going to be a much improved position group. I'm actually kind of excited for it. Um, I'm hearing tons of things about Brad Hawkins and Daxon Hill, and I think you touched on this a little bit earlier. Where are you at in the secondary? Um, I think they're going to be better, and you know. It's, I'm still a little nervous when we start playing, um, when we get into the heart of the Big Ten schedule and we look at, you know, or when we start seeing um, solid pocket passers, like when we hit, you know, Wisconsin north for running, but when we get to Wisconsin is when I think um, I want to see us shut down their passing game so I can order to be confident for the heart of the Big Ten season. But Brad Hawkins is a fifth-year senior. That dude has got to play better. I mean, he wasn't perfect last year either. Again, you're going to get burnt. You're going to, I mean, DBs aren't perfect. They're going to get burnt, you know, as talented as you know, these college kids are. But um, it got bad last year. I think Brad Hawkins and Daxon Hill, um, another year together, I think those guys will really help out. But I think that once, I think that third spot is going to be kind of up for grabs. I think people are talking to Cam about DJ Turner. Um, and you got a lot of younger guys, too. You got a lot of sophomore and, and freshmen here. You know, McCarty Page is a sophomore. Jane McBurrows is a freshman. Um, Vincent Gray, who had a, a terrible junior year as a senior. So the older guys have got to uh, have to pick up the speed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I am excited about the group. I think it's going to be much improved. Um, man, I think that, uh, I think that's going to wrap us. I know we had some ideas to do some other things, but we're, uh, we're pretty deep in the pod here and I would love to give some final four predictions, but I think it's probably best if we wait a, a week to see what everybody does after Labor Day weekend. And maybe we'll do that on our first reaction show. Right. Right. Any final words about, uh, about Michigan before we get off here? Um, not really. I think we touched everything. I'm just. I'm just glad that um, I'm hearing hype, but I'm also hearing again we alluded to a few times the 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 vibes, the culture. Everyone is feeling like one big family, one big unit. It seems like yeah. obviously when you obviously when you lose, the wheels fall off and things happen. And I just think that you know um, Jim Harbaugh is like. We're gonna die trying. I think this is gonna be, and that might, like I said, not gonna be his last hoopla or his last hoorah, but it is. It's do or die. I mean, it's yeah. self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm very excited. We are, I think, nine days away. Yeah, nine days away from kickoff the big house with fans again, and 
I think there's a lot to be excited for as a Michigan fan. I think ultimately we can put Lassie's behind us and, and start fresh and, and hope for the best. And there's a lot of big games on the schedule, tons of big games, Washington, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, Michigan State, Indiana, Penn State, Ohio State, just game after game. It seems like there's a big game. So a lot to be excited for. Thanks for having you on. I think we talked as much as we possibly could about uh, what to expect, and we'll talk weekly as, as we see this team unfold. You know, we'll talk about previous games and what's to come. So thanks for having you on. I'll see you next time, and go Blue. Go Blue, buddy.